Third-party candidates have typically had a difficult time breaking through during election season. But Nick Kassoff believes this is the year that a libertarian will make an impact in a county executive contest. The Ferguson resident joins us next on another edition of Politically Speaking, so let's hit the music. This is the Politically Speaking podcast, a candid conversation with the Show Me State's biggest political newsmakers. I'm Jason Rosenbaum. And I'm Joe Manish. Elections should be about your accomplishments. What have you done to qualify you for the position and why are you qualified to run? I'm going to push back on these regulators. I'm doing this for the people. I was encouraged along the way, not just by my family, but by a lot of teachers and professors and knew when I was in college that I would run for office someday. We're very excited about the prospect of having some more free market solutions. Even though after the conversation, I still might not agree. We want our listeners to get a real sense of what drives these people. They're actually people with a story to tell. And welcome to Politically Speaking. I'm your host, Jason Rosenbaum, a reporter with St. Louis Public Radio. Joining me in studio today is... Colleague Joe Manis. And the Libertarian nominee for St. Louis County Executive... Nick Kassoff. Thanks for having me. Thank you for for coming by. Have we ever had a Libertarian on our show before, Joe? I'm not sure. We may have had one a few years ago, but I'm I'm not sure. If not, this is a groundbreaking show for for Politically Speaking. Because I've known Nick off and on for years. Yes. Weren't you Republican at some point? I was. I was actually a delegate to the Republican National Convention in San Diego in 1996. That's what I thought. So when did you switch and why? I switched about five years ago. I I don't remember the exact time, but uh, I remember the exact reason. Uh, John Boehner just drove me to frustration. He's, <laughs> he's he was the U.S. House Speaker. Speaker of the House and an time. absolute faithless proponent of the things he claims to stand for. Okay. Just tell us a little bit about yourself before we talk about why you decided to enter this contest. And we're going to give you some time to lay out your platform as well. Right. Well, I... Uh, Came to St. Louis in 1986 to go to Washington University. I've lived all over from St. Peter's to Skinker to Bolivar, and I've had a lot of good experiences here in St. Louis. I decided to get involved in politics years ago, first on the Republican side, and a few years ago, as I said, moving over to the Libertarians because, frankly, the Republican Party just didn't reflect my values and my views. I mean, if, if you wanted to put your, put your differences between you and the GOP in kind of a very short, like 60-second summary— so people can understand why you decided I'm not sticking with them anymore. What was the key reason? Well, I'm a social justice libertarian. So on the one hand, I recognize the fact that government has been tilted against minorities and the poor forever. And I believe that political leaders have a responsibility to tilt things back in the direction of fairness. I think most Republicans would deny that that's the case. But at the same time, as a libertarian, when I see a problem in society, I don't reflexively look to a government solution. I'm going to look to the community first and uh, to the good people that want to solve our own problems. And uh, so, again, I think... Theoretically, Republicans believe that, but in reality, they tend to be just as government-centered as Democrats do, but 
pushing in a different direction. Now, the place where I got to know you the most, even before 2014, I, I did run into you at a few county council meetings. But during the uh, post-Michael Brown protest uh, movement, I encountered you numerous times. I think as a resident of Ferguson, you got pretty heavily involved in the, I don't want to call it the reconciliation process, but certainly the process of altering the town's government post-Michael Brown. I'd like you to kind of explain what your what your role was there. I had a unique perspective when things happened in 2014. I own some rental property in Ferguson, and so the people that Arch City Defenders was uh, making a case for back then and that was really in in a lot of ways the focus of the uh, the events that uh, the reforms that came after the protests I had known people who literally were caught up in the sort of uh, abusive government that uh, that resulted in people ending up losing their jobs and being homeless over a couple of traffic tickets. I, I have tenants who would have been homeless except that I gave them grace and they went many months without paying. And uh, so I was very familiar with the problems that started to be exposed at that time. And so because I was aware of the injustice, I felt compelled to uh, become a part of the solution. And this is this your second time running for office? Because you ran for Ferguson City Council against the current mayor, if I'm not mistaken. I but. ran in 2009. That's correct. And actually, I ran for the Republican nomination for state representative in 1992. But uh, ancient history there. Yeah, because yeah. I remember that. <laughs> what, what What district? The district, in, uh, not the district encompassing Ferguson, right? It was the district which in the, I forget the number, but in the in the immediate following uh, election cycle, uh, John Loudon ran and became the nominee there. And I've been friends with Representative Loudon ever since. He's a good, he's a good dude. I still keep in touch with him, even though he's moved to California. And well, he's in Florida now. He's in Florida now. Yeah, because actually Loudon was a delegate from California at the, at the, Cleveland GOP convention. Yeah, and, and it's not really about his political views. When he was a member of the Missouri Senate and I was like a student reporter slash like a 22-year-old journalist, he was very accommodating to me. And I always remember good treatment of journalists regardless of the, the, the political party they're in. So Godspeed to you. So, okay, shifting forward. Now you're running for county executive. Why? And what do you think that you bring to the table that um, either incumbent Steve Stanger or the Republican, Paul Barry III, do not? Well, I'm running for county executive because I believe the people of this county deserve better. The Democrats are offering us the Rod Blagojevich of St. Louis County, and the Republicans are offering us a clueless perennial candidate who from hearing him speak, he can't remember whether he's running in the city or the county, much less formulate any coherent policies. So I think the position of county executive is important. I think we have been underserved in recent years, and I think I can do better. Now, are there particular things, let's say, if someone votes, I mean, what are you promising that you would do? Well, when I came here back in the mid-80s, 
people from other places said, oh, you're going to St. Louis. Cool. St. Louis has now become a place where our children go off to college and never come back. And as I've lived here all these years, I've seen the reasons why that happens. We're, we are a closed society. Uh, we're not open to new people. We're not open to new ideas. And that's cost us dearly. The whole civic progress mindset in St. Louis has caused St. Louis to go down the tubes over the past 30 years. We've lost two automobile plants. We've lost a bunch of corporate headquarters. We've made most of our infrastructure investments in building highways to get people the heck out of St. Louis County. And in the meanwhile, we're incapable of doing a reasonable job of managing the things in our own area. We've got a Metrolink system that we've spent hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars on that people won't ride because it's not safe. We've got, we've got neighborhoods that are unincorporated that St. Louis County is supposed to be providing municipal services for that are collapsing and dragging around the neighboring municipalities. We've got real estate tax policies that are hurting the working class areas of our county. The county has just done a terrible job. Now, if you live out in Chesterfield, you don't see that yet. But even though you don't see it in your own neighborhood, if you live in Chesterfield, you should want a change because the resources of our county that should be shared all over the county are ultimately going to have to be diverted to the areas where we have problems, and those problems are the result of previous negligence and bad decisions. That was going to be my next question, and we kind of touched on this on the Paul Berry podcast, but... St. Louis County is government is responsible for some very specific things, including being the municipal government for unincorporated areas. And my question for you is, what would you do to do a better job? Well, first of all, I, I, I want to direct the listeners to my website, change4stl.com, and that's the number four. I've got a vi the very first video on the website, and we're doing a series of them, is called The Barricade. There's a street just about eight blocks west of West Florissant where unincorporated St. Louis County butts up against the city of Delwood. And there's a metal barricade across that street right at the city limits. If you go on the Delwood side, it's beautiful. And if you go on the county side, just one door down, it's a disaster. You can't find anywhere a better visual depiction of the incompetence of St. Louis County than you can if you stand at this barricade. So what's the first thing I would do? It's what I've already done, and that is identify that there's a problem. I don't think anybody's really given much thought to this in the past, and that's something that I'm doing now and will do every day as county executive. Now, as for the details, of course, the devil is in the details, and we would have to work with the residents and property owners in those areas. Uh, we would have to have a daily substantial effort to, to make changes in those areas. Now, I have some specific things that I would change. 
And probably the most important one is changing the tax sale policy in St. Louis County, which has been extremely harmful not only to the unincorporated areas, but also to the municipalities in North County. We have a policy in this county that if you want to purchase a home in the tax sale, you have to pay the full amount of taxes due. So what happens is somebody has a house. The house deteriorates and they don't pay the tax bill for a few years. They walk away from the house because the tax bill is higher than the house is worth. Year after year goes by, the tax bill keeps going up and the house keeps deteriorating. So the house never sells. It just sits there and rots, drives down the quality of life and the property values for everybody else in the area of that house. And the county doesn't care. If it's in a municipal area, the municipality comes around and cuts the grass if they can afford to do it because the county doesn't and the homeowner who's walked away doesn't care. And so you've got all these blighted houses around the county. You could solve that overnight by saying once a property gets to the third the post-third tax sale. In other words, it's been through three tax sales and nobody's bought it. So are we talking, what, three years? Right. So there's the first tax sale, second and third tax sale. Okay. After that, everything gets thrown into the post-third, and you can walk in and buy one of these properties anytime you want to. We ought to be selling those properties for whatever we can get. Setting a lower boundary at the outstanding tax bill is ridiculous. And that policy alone is responsible for a very significant portion of the deterioration in North County neighborhoods. I would change that starting on day one. Now, can the county do that as far as say, okay, we're we're forgiving some of the tax due? Do they? Does the state need to? I mean, is that a the city state already? Law? The city already does it. Okay, well, that's what needed to know. If it's something the county can do on their own, the the city already does it, and I I don't believe there's any state law that requires it. If I'm wrong about that, we'll get the state to change the law. But the city sells houses. You know, they have dollar houses in the city. So if the city can do it, why can't the county? I want to get your opinion on Proposition P, which for our listeners is the sales tax increase that went for, uh, quote unquote, public safety. One of the things I brought up in the last show that I think is a flaw beyond just the purported vagueness of public safety is you have a lot of the municipal money. It's it's divvied up by population. So a city like Chesterfield, which really doesn't need $3 million extra dollars for police, hypothetically, gets that every year, whereas places in North St. Louis County, where I would say statistically the majority of the crime is, doesn't get as much because the population's not as, as high. That's my observation. What's your observation of this entire situation? Well, my first observation is I wish we could have come up with the money in some way other than imposing a sales tax because sales taxes fall on the back of the poor disproportionately. And so, you know, passing a sales tax is always going to be a last resort. But as far as the use of the tax money, Yes, certainly we ought to be spending public safety money in areas where there's public safety issues, and apparently that's not going to happen either. 
do you that would probably require a state legislative change? Would that be something that you'd be interested in doing if you were elected? Well, possibly. We we've got to look at the needs of the communities and how Proposition P is uh, is being used to meet them. I don't have all the details on that, and I think the details are still being worked out in those communities. Uh, as I understand it, some communities are putting the money straight into improving police services. Other communities have diverted diverted that money to other uses. So we're going to need to take a look at how the money is being used and where it's needed and, uh, and go from there. But I think that's a process that's going to take some time. City-county merger, which is the shorthand used to somehow bring the city of St. Louis into the county somehow, either as a municipality or creating a giant St. Louis County, St. Louis uh, megacity. What, where, do, where do you kind of stand on, on that issue and what would be your philosophical approach, especially if the better together process becomes more specific in the next three to four years? Well, the city-county merger is, uh, well, the short answer is I'm against it, but, but let me say a few things about that. First of all, St. Louis County has problems and challenges, and St. Louis City has problems and challenges. And I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense to throw them all together in one pot. Now, it just so happens that the the county, uh, there's a nearby county that has the highest household income in the state. They have virtually no social problems at all, and they could afford to make a substantial investment in, uh, in helping the city of St. Louis if they were to merge, and that would be St. Charles County. Now, everybody thinks St. Charles County is 15 miles away from the city going out Highway 70, but the fact of the matter is, if the county were to give Columbia Bottoms Conservation Area to the city, the city and St. Charles County would then have a common barrier, or a common border, and you could do a city-county merger with St. Charles. I think that would be fantastic because St. Charles County has the means to help. Um, we know that's never going to happen because the people of St. Charles County wouldn't stand for it. So if that affluent county isn't willing to pitch in, why do we expect St. Louis County to do so? Now, there are opportunities for improving regionalism without merging the city and county. For example, I don't think it makes any sense that somebody from Arnold or St. Peter's pays nothing towards supporting the zoo, but somebody who lives in Pagedale or Wellston does have to pay. So if we want more regionalism, Hooray for regionalism. Let's let St. Charles, Jefferson, and Franklin County join the, the Zoo Museum District, and we'll go from there. One of the, the, the common themes we've been seeing in county politics is just this friction between the current county executive, the Democratic nominee, Steve Stanger, and the county council. And that's a dynamic that will almost certainly continue if he wins another four years in November. What would you do to, to change that dynamic? And as a libertarian, could you possibly see yourself getting into similar philosophical conflicts with the council, given that your ideology is neither Democrat or Republican? I think it's going to be just the opposite. As a libertarian, I'm political Switzerland. 
and I don't have an axe to grind with either of those parties. So the way I would change it, and, and by the way, I, I have relationships with people across the political spectrum, uh, from, from both Democrats and Republicans and beyond. And you'll see that in the people that support me in the race. I, I, I've got, well, so here's what I would change. First of all, we're going to have a 100% open door policy. One of the big complaints we've had from the county council is that Mr. Stanger drops legislation in their lap with little notice. The only person they have to review it is Mr. Stanger's attorney, and they have to go into a meeting and vote on things without the time or knowledge necessary to deal with it. So first of all, I will have no closed-door meetings with lobbyists, no negotiations behind the backs of council members. I will never submit anything to the council for consideration without providing it in final form at least two weeks in advance. My door will always be open to every member of the council regardless of what nasty things they say about me on KWMU. And... Uh, you know, I, I know we're not going to all hold hands and love each other all the time, but I think we can work together and do the business of the people of this county without it looking like a grade school schoolyard brawl. Have you looked at some of the charter amendments that are likely going to be on the November ballot, especially the one uh, restricting the county executive's power with the budget? Yeah, and I'm fine. They uh, look the count. The county executive ought to be able to work with the county council uh, to come up with something that works for the people of this county. Mm -hmm. We all work for the people of the county. So when I see the county executive and the county council tearing at each other at each other's throats, somebody's not doing their job. Now I happen to believe that somebody is Mr. Stanger and we need to get him out of there. But uh, if everybody's doing their job well, we ought to all be working together for the good of the county and I would do that as county executive. Now, okay, if if since you are a libertarian, if you were elected, I mean there's no other libertarians in office. There's no other libertarians on the county council. I mean, while County Council right now is majority Democrat, and they don't get along with Stinger. But is there anything that, I mean, have you talked to Council Chairman Sam Page, or I mean, just kind of, have you reached out already? Uh, Hazel Irby and I have been friends for a long time, and uh, I, I She's think... She's the vice chairman. Right. I think she was chairman last year. And some of the other council members I, I've, I've talked to from time to time... They have their party nominees, and I understand that, that people are going to be reluctant to get in the middle of this sort of situation. But I, I can tell you this. I have been friends with everybody from Todd Aiken to Maria Chappelle Nadal over the years. And as a libertarian, I can support people and policies regardless of where they come from. I don't have to have blind obeisance to a party. So that's a benefit to me. So let's talk about what your path to victory is here. And I didn't want to spend an entire 30 minutes talking about this, but the fact remains that it's very difficult sometimes for a third party to break through 
in an election where people are kind of preconditioned to vote for Democrats and Republicans. Now, as I've said before to uh, County Executive Stanger, and I, I truly believe this, I don't really think party affiliation plays a practical role in county government as much as people think. Um, but I, I, I think we saw from the last election that 70 percent pulled a Democratic ballot. and I think only like 3 percent pulled a Libertarian ballot. So what 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 is going to be your strategy to kind of take a different path than other people who have run for third parties? Well, nobody has to tell a libertarian that he's a long shot. <laughs> it comes with the territory. And so you admit that? Absolutely. I, I, I recognize that lightning would have to strike several times in the same place for me to be the next county executive. So first of all, we nominated the Rod Blagojevich of St. Louis County for the Democrats. That's lightning strike one. Lightning strike number two, we've got a Republican nominee who who can't express policies coherently. If you look at his website, you'll just scratch your head. So what is lightning strike number three? There's a couple of things. It would be really nice if somebody would uh, – would give me a bunch of money and libertarians don't have a lot of money and we we don't Here's need deal. and and for county executive as Jason and I have talked about many times county executive is one of those posts where the candidates can take donations of any size they are not restricted by amendments but as i told as i told mr Barry when he was on he's only raised about a thousand dollars i looked at your mec reports you've raised maybe about two hundred dollars or something i I haven't even started raising money yet i've got some contacts i'm going to make but let's be honest the democrats just spent five or six million dollars on their primary i think it was more like nine or ten wasn't it i haven't seen the 30 day afters i'm it was a lot well well, (laughs) the the eight day befores were at five or Okay. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. It was about six the eight days before. Right. We won't know actually till uh, September when they do the next round of reports how much was actually more spent. money than I'm worth. I, I, I think <laughs> that I think there's a good chance that the Democratic primary spending in this election cycle may exceed the total amount that all candidates for county executive have spent all the way back to the last time this county elected a Republican. That's Gene McNary. I think I, I, I would have to obviously add those numbers up. But it, your, your point remains value. That was very expensive. There's no way anybody is going to spend the kind of money that these Democrats spent last time. And I think it's obscene and I think it ought to change. So here's a couple of things that I would like to happen. First of all, sure, I would love it if Mark Montovani would send me $125,000. Probably not going to happen, but you can always ask. Um, Barring that, though, here's what we need. We need fair coverage by the media. We need the media to not portray this as a two-party race. Because let's be honest, the last time the people in this county elected a Republican was 30 years ago. So the Republican is just as much of a long shot as the Libertarian. So it doesn't make any sense to cover this as a two, two-man two race. If we're talking about who's probably going to win, they should just cover Mr. Stanger and ignore everyone. So I need fair media coverage. And what I'd really like is a series of debates. If we can have two debates a week, 
at locations all over the county. Maybe the League of Women's Voters could set it up and let every candidate who wants to participate, participate. Let the people of this county actually see and hear and meet the people who propose to lead them. I believe if we do that, we can take a lot of the importance of money out of this process, we can make the electorate more informed, and we can end up with a better county executive. And I believe that if the other candidates would agree to that, I'll win this race. I, I will just point out, though, that there was no debate or joint appearance with the Monavani stenger race, a race that was decided by, what, 1,100 votes yeah, or something yeah, like that? Uh, about 1,500. Which, we, which yes. frankly, was a shame. I really do think that there should have been some sort of joint appearance. Uh, obviously, it just didn't work out. Do you think that it could be possible for the general election? Because I could see Stenger just saying, like, no, I'm not going to debate anybody. You know, I'm just going to be county executive. Well, and, and if Stenger wants to refuse to participate, that's his prerogative. I was at a candidate forum in North County before the primary, and all Mr. Stenger was invited. Mr. Montovani was invited. They actually forgot to invite me, but I reminded them in my gentle and winsome way. And, uh, and so Montovani and I showed up and Stenger didn't. Well, such is life. Well, um, but if we have these forums all over the county at different times of the day and the weekend so that people really get a chance to get out and meet their candidates, if Stenger chooses to not show up, that's his loss, and I think it'll cost him the election. Any final message that you want to provide to the, the glorious voters of St. Louis County? I believe that this county has been heading down the wrong road for a long time. I believe that if we do something historic here, we can turn ourselves back in the right direction. It's unprecedented in, the, unprecedented in this county and probably anywhere to elect a libertarian to a position of this magnitude. But if I'm your next county executive, I'll serve you well. I'll keep the people of this county and their well-being in mind at all times. And four years from now, we won't be talking about a bunch of scandals. We'll be talking about the great things that are happening in St. Louis County. We want to thank you for your time today. I know it's very rainy outside, so getting here was probably somewhat difficult. But uh, for all of our stories, stlpublicradio.org. Follow me on Twitter at Jay Rosenbaum. Follow Joe on Twitter at Jay Manis. That's J-M-A-N-N-I-E-S. And how would people follow you either on Twitter or any other parts of the World Wide Web? So the, the, the two ways you can get to me are you can look on Facebook under Kassoff for County Executive. Um, that's K-A-S-O-F-F because people have a hard time with that. Or the easier one to remember is changeforstl.com. That's change, the number four, stl.com. We're going to change the future of this county for the better, and I hope your listeners will be a part of that. Thank you very much. Until next time, so long. So long.